0: Welcome to another episode of the Quarter Tones Podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today with me is musician, producer, um, music uh, aficionado extraordinaire. Thanks, Joey, who is burning sage, getting ready for this episode. It is a long time coming. Thanks, Joey. Welcome to Quarter Tones. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Man, it is a long time coming. so this is this is exciting because this episode is um, the first time that we're going to be doing uh, a bunch of kind of like live performances from a production standpoint. Um, and so I'm super excited about it. But for the people who are unfamiliar with your work and you meet them for the first time, how do you introduce yourself? What do you say that you do or... How would you describe your work to somebody who is just new to your work entirely? Uh, great question, yeah. I usually just
1: say I'm a music producer, and if, if people know what a music producer is, they really ask, oh, cool, what kind of music? I, I mean, that's typically what people would say anyway, but uh, I mean, sometimes very far and few in between, I would meet some people that don't know what a music producer is, and I have to go into the whole technical aspect. This is what goes into making a song you know um but yeah yeah music producer uh you know for myself and others yeah
0: you come from uh, you come from a musical family um yeah. what is your sort of connection with music what was your connection with music growing up what kind of music was played around the house where did sure. you grow up yeah. what was the musical landscape so you grew I, was, up in? I was
1: born in brooklyn new york bayridge uh with at the time was a, a very, it was a mixed neighborhood, but there was a lot of Arab people that were living, a lot of Palestinian, Lebanese, Syrian. Um, and so my grandfather, Yusuf Kassab, came to Brooklyn in the late 60s, and he settled in Beirut. And he's a master old musician and singer, and he plays the classics, you know, that we we'll have uh, all, 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 all of the great, all of the Kathumi stuff. So,
0: the classics, as you said. Know. Yeah. Where, where did he come from? Where the did he learn?
1: Yeah. He went to school, the Shem, where he was, you know, born and raised and, uh, learned that he came from a yes. musical family. So his uncle would play his would play music and they would play on the radio, the sham Uh, and yeah. so, you know, I have a, a distinct memory of him telling me his earliest memories about him going and seeing Umkatum live. And, you know, and yeah, no way. so that's something that like shaped him when he, and he, he must have been really young in his teens, maybe. Uh, and that really is just like, I mean, just, to, just to hear it, the emotion behind uh, how he felt just going. You know, uh, I think really shaped him and drove him more into music than he had already been at the time. Uh, so yeah, I grew up listening to you know between Fadu's and Led Zeppelin. And my dad uh, came here from Damascus too, but he was much younger. He was 17, and when he got here in '77, he was you know he was a rock soul man. He was listening to Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all the classic. The classics of rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he would, my mom would play Fedus and M. Katum would cry as a child. And my dad would play Shot at the Devil by Motley Crue and that would put me to sleep.
0: And so that was, <laughs> Wait, so
1: <laughs> those were the two opposing forces <laughs> that I grew up with.
0: Those are the two. It's so funny. What is it about Pink Floyd and Arab dads of a certain generation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is about Pink Floyd specifically that like taps into this like anti-authoritarianism. We don't, we don't need no education,
1: true. man. Shout out to Roger Waters, man. He's the only one that's out here uh, campaigning for us. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but that's, the, yeah. you know, I inherited a lot of my dad's uh, records and, um, you know, it's all it's all that stuff, which is great. I love it
0: um and when did um when did hip hop start of become part of your life hip hop became it
1: was early on i was
0: uh i was in elementary
1: school you know and growing up in New york it's everywhere you know so yeah I, my earliest memory of really consuming hip hop was going to my uncle's who was my he was living at my grandma's house my uncle george and he was living at my uh my teta's crib in, in Brooklyn. And so we would go over there and visit and I'd go to his room. And, um, he was the youngest out of, you know, eight siblings. So he was kind of like, he was cool. You know, he, he grew up in Brooklyn. And so he would just play the locks and Jay Z and, you know, uh, Wu Tang. I, I don't, even, I can't even remember. I just remember listening to like a lot of Jay Z Biggie that's what it was he was playing big e yeah. nonstop, and so my love for brooklyn music specifically like biggie jay-z was like i i felt so
0: no no there's allowed. no queens
1: ever <laughs> allow- no but it was it was,
0: <laughs> no, cool day, it was no it was, no, it was no all nah. brooklyn like
1: you know what i'm saying that was that was and especially because like we had i had moved from brooklyn when i was 11 we moved down to florida and so part of my identity came you know, became like, oh, you know, I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn, you know. And so I would listen to these yeah. cats like Jay-Z, uh, study them really, like Jay-Z, Biggie, Most Mostaf. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then that, that, that was, that became like my core. Cause when I moved to, to Florida at 11 years old, they were listening to some completely, they were listening to Southern, you know, U.S. Southern music, which was like cash money records or, you know, uh, early T-Paint. For, for sure. And so it was a completely different, no, no limit, limit. Of course, yeah, third coast, Texas stuff, Scarface and, uh, UGK and stuff like that. And so we, we weren't listening to that type of stuff up in New York, really. Uh, and so that was a whole other influence on me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, when did you start thinking to yourself, I might do this for a living? <laughs> As a kid, I was always so torn
1: about what I'm going to do in life, you know? So I was, uh, I was in band from fourth grade till about through eighth grade. And I stopped at when I got into high school because I didn't want to do marching band. And so I was a saxophone player, played sax and violin. And I remember thinking to myself when I was in high school, man, I really don't want to do anything else but music, but I don't want to play in a band or like an orchestra or anything like that. And the idea, you know, and <laughs> I, and I'm the oldest of four siblings. So I didn't have anybody else to look to, to ask these questions. You know, my parents are both immigrant. The only person in my family that's a musician was my judo that's like, you know, super traditional and classical. Uh, and, and a musician Play live. Uh and so I didn't want to do that. I have um I have more of an introverted personality and so I'm like, man, I don't want to be out here just playing in a band or an orchestra or anything like that. And the concept of music production didn't really hit until um uh, I was in tenth grade, I was a sophomore in high school. And I heard Kanye West's through the wire. And I was like, "Man, that's a fire beat. I want to. I want to do yeah. that." And so, yeah, 2002. that was two thousand two, to you know, going into two thousand three. And so I I downloaded Fruity Loops, which is now known as FL Studio, which is widely used. You know, it was Fruity
0: Loops. Yeah. Oh my God, I Fruity Loops, Fruity Loops three
1: at the time. So I downloaded it. And I was lucky enough to, uh, go to a school, Dr. Phillips High School, um, which is a magnet music school. So a lot of kids from around the state and country come to the school and study music. And so we have, we had at the time a state of the art analog studio that a bunch of people used to record their first sessions. Like I believe it was like NSYNC recorded their first record there or something. Um, this is Orlando, right? So in that studio, there was a class called electronic music that was, you know, being taught. And it was a small little room of about like 20, 25 uh, stations of these really crappy old computers and really crappy old keyboards. Uh, and I caught wind of this somehow. Somebody had told me about it. And I was like, man, let me, let me take these courses for my 11th and 12th grade year and uh it was great it taught us how to use the keyboard and make full songs and keyboards and then transfer them to uh digital and uh which i was already kind of doing at home and Loops. uh but yeah that's how i started i started just remaking kanye westbeats you know downloading from kazaa and limewire all of the you know
0: Motown, motown songs man cuz i was like how do i make these records um you like download a download a motown song and then find out that there's a right. in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the song absolutely. do you remember that almost the N- all the time yeah what was it the yeah the um the end like N- nca npaa or whatever and i like the the anti anti um the pirates yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Anti-piracy laws, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, oh man, uh, blast from the past. I remember, I, I, remember I also downloaded Fruity Loops at the time. It was like all those little, little box. boxes,
1: <laughs> all the sounds that you could use. Yeah, and so yeah. that was that's how I got my yeah. start. Was just remaking, you know, flipping up soul samples, remaking beats that I had liked, and uh, just diving into that world. And I, I, for me, man, looking back at it now, I'm like, man, that's what really got me into even like the history of it. Um, I I remember I was in 10th grade and I got close with my biology teacher and she burned me a CD of a bunch of Motown records that she loved. And I remember going home and extracting all the songs, making beats out of them. And it was something about, uh, you know, the history, diving into the history of the music that I'm sampling. And recontextualizing it, remaking it into something. So, like, you know, I would sample a song that would talk about love or something and then, you know, give it to my homie, Nico Is, uh, who I met when I was in 8th grade and started making music together in 10th grade. My 10th grade together, he started rapping. Uh, Incredible, probably my favorite rapper of all time. Brazilian American raps in three three languages, just been doing it for for so long. Um, I remember I'd give him these beats and you know, he'd make a song based on whatever the sample was. And I thought that was you know, that was incredible too. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's amazing, also sure. just a side note, like I used to be a teacher and it's amazing the impact teachers can make just through giving music 100%. to their kids, it's. I don't even think
1: like you would even realize until years later. But I still, I still remember. Yeah, it's just that moment, that moment of her giving me that city ever etched in my memory. I could never erase it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can, I can remember. There's like two teachers, one in eleventh grade and one in seventh grade for me. Seventh grade, Miss Sava was like, "Hey." I have an extra copy of this CD. It's oh, Erykah Badu Baduism. Come on! Um, I think you'll <laughs> like it, and it blew <laughs> blew my mind. Wow! And then Mr. Chen, either of whom maybe listen to this in eleventh grade, gave me a copy of Keith Jarrett wow, Live okay. in Sweden. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great the, record. The, yeah, great record. And I have listened to that that record probably more wow, than any single. Besides like a, any single instrumental record and it totally shaped no, like the incredible. way I think about music, wow. both incredible. of them. Yeah. I do, man, that's one um, of the Badu okay. records. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of these songs. So if, for somebody who's listening, who's unfamiliar with your work, um, I think the best thing to do is jump into sure. one of the tracks. Um, what do you think is a good first track to listen to um, either one of the ones I have lined up or if you want to play something from your side that you think is like a good primer? Oh, man. jeez.
1: Well, the, the songs that I wanted to show, play with you guys were, were probably some of my newer stuff. So if it's something that is...
0: Let's, let's start with newer cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah that so sounds newer,
1: good. I mean, well, so... I started making hip hop music, right? So most of my beats were hip hop beats yeah. sampling uh stuff from my heritage. So and to be fair, uh Nico's heritage, so he's Brazilian. And so uh, you know, at 14 years old he gives me a stack of CDs and says sample this. And so I dive very early on into Brazilian music, bossa nova, uh, MVP, uh just like you know, everything that was coming out of Brazil in the 70s uh 60s and was i was just eating up um and so a lot of my early beats even until now has have been sampling brazilian music um and of course
0: and of, yeah like astro yeah oh uh, the, the best
1: that Bean, like that, these are things that are just yeah. they shaped me as a person you know uh bossa nova was probably my, my sure. favorite uh, genre of all time so uh it was a bit it was a mixture of you know sampling that stuff and then sampling arabic music of course it was always something you know cultural something ethnic something that's not american i didn't want to keep you know sampling the same stuff that people were sampling over here i wanted to go outside and introduce sounds that we don't have in hip-hop necessarily to hip-hop right what's my contribution then? i want to have our music if we're doing right um So I guess some of my earlier stuff is Brazilian stuff, but where I'm at now is I've kind of gone back into my grandfather's catalog and I bought up a bunch of his vinyl that used to, uh, record and press in the seventies. Um, I,
0: do you have any sitting next to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, come on,
1: Bedwin belly dance. Composed and performed (laughs) by Yusuf Kassab with the Salim Sarwe orchestra, right? So, uh, here he goes. Bam. Check that out. How funny. Great. So this was 76, I believe. Uh, yeah. And so belly dance music, right? This was what's, what was hot at the time. Uh, super problematic. The cover and all of that. Uh, but it's where we were. It's where we were, right? So this is, this is, this is history. So, um it's always something I wanted to do. I, I've done it before. I've done it many years ago. Me and me and Nico flipped one of my those records, just CD. We made a whole song and we shot a little video in Brazil. This was two thousand six. Please don't unearth it. Let it be hidden somewhere for depths of the internet webs. <laughs> it's a challenge. Uh, but it's <laughs> but it exists somewhere. <laughs> um and so I, I I always knew I wanted to go back and, and kind of Bring that back, uh, and so I found this. The first re- uh, one of my good friends, Ibrahim Mahali, found this record while digging in Chicago, and he sent it to me for my birthday one year. And um, which I did, I I never had it. I had the cover, I just never had the um the actual vinyl. And so he sent That's it to me. That's crazy. It's really sweet. I listened to it, and the first record is this song called "Thar Ya Li
2: and
1: it so much that I had this idea to put these belly dance records into dance records. And so can I play you a, a yeah, little Yeah, man. Little, I, little I can't it. wait. Don't it up. I oh, got the
2: little... Little community.
1: Amazing. Of course, this is a a, a slightly a sped up, sped up version. So before
0: before you before you play it, so for the people who sure. are unfamiliar, okay, and especially for the people who are listening to the podcast, basically you take yeah. the vinyl, you you yeah. digitize it, you download it onto your computer, basically, and I, then you yeah s- I put it into this. So you put it into this amazing this amazing thing. What is this thing that you're holding up? There's 16 pads on it. What is this thing called?
1: There's 16 pads. This thing is called the machine. M a s h i n by native instruments it's basically just a sampler so there's many machines that exist like this this one is uh, digital it's, it works with software but uh, you're able to record anything you want into it from vinyl to cassette tapes anything audio uh, and then chop up whatever sounds that you want and assign them to these different pads so, yeah of course the song exists as one long song I have it so that I can
2: just.
0: Amazing. And do some cool things like that. So the people who are listening who can't see the YouTube video, basically, thanks to always hitting these little pads on yes. on his sampler, and each one is queued up with all these different little segments of the full thing. Quite literally, these right. these clips, these snippets.
1: Yeah, we we call them sample chops. Perfect. Yeah.
0: All right. So, um, um, how would you actually play that if you wanted to turn that into uh, a beat that somebody would like? Be like, oh, that's hip hop.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, what what I made it into is. I don't even know if it would be called hip hop at this point. It's just more of a dance. I, I mean, you might even call it EDM. I mean, all of this stuff is rooted in hip hop, right? It all com- comes back to me. And even hip hop is rooted in, you know, African music, right? So, yeah. To me, it all feels like that. But, uh, of course there's subgenres and subgenres. Yeah. And so on and so forth. But for me, I guess the essence of what makes it hip hop is being able to like take the sample and, you know, build a beat around it. So uh, the first thing that I I did was um, was I chopped the thing. Uh,
2: uh,
1: and I really really love. I I think there's something so like whimsical and like fun to this. You know, people he's talking about like, you know, it flew away, my love flew away. Not mm-hmm. that uh, Like I did the car. The car broke down. I wasn't able to catch up to him at the airport. You know, it just, my love's gone. Uh, and so, I don't know, it's something to that that I really love. And what I first did was a bass line. Yeah. And then some keys. And then the drums just fell into place. Amazing. Um, and it kind of just builds up that way. So I'll cue it up. Yeah,
0: do it. Yeah, go for it. Man, it's crazy good. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank it's you. funny. And you... it's ca-
1: go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Turn after you, after you.
0: I was going to say that it's like, I can, now that I put the Bossa Nova connection, those chords are very, very Brazilian mm, so you got ja- underneath there. So,
1: so jazz, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, you, you know, you can make, you can strip the keys. You can just make it a full-on like EDM, like let's yeah, go yeah, crazy yeah. type, right? But there's something to that, something to chords for me that just make it so much homier.
0: Yeah, there's like a very like tribe called Questy, um, yeah, Bossa thing going on. Yeah, Total. Okay, amazing. And I, I want it. I want it. I want it to be played
1: everywhere. Yeah, you know? I don't want it to just be like, you know, whether you're cruising or you're in the club or wherever. I, just, I want. It, Feeling good is the most important thing. If Music make it feel good. What are we doing? You know.
0: What do you when when you play this? What does your family think? Like the people who like remember the original version very well.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't think I've been, I've never really showed it to very many people in my family. I haven't showed it to my jiddu yet. What? Um, yeah, I haven't. I should. I haven't seen him in a while, but I, I will show him. I want to just package it correct, like. The right way before I, before I wait.
0: Why are you scared? Come on.
1: No, no, I'm not. It's not scared. I just want to. Um, he's he's uh, he's a very uh, what's the word? I don't want to say traditional because that's a silly word to describe him as. But he's he likes his music a certain way. He's a purist. You know so I don't know. He's a purist man. For sure. Definitely. And so I, I, I'm curious and it doesn't really like, it's not going to, it's it won't bother me or hurt me or in, in any way, if he doesn't know does doesn't like anything that I, um, but I, I want to present it to him in a way where it's like, here's the full on package, right? Check this out. This is what you've inspired. Uh, and I'm just having gotten to that step Yeah.
0: But I will. I highly encourage you. Thank you,
1: man. I will. I will. I, I'm actually going to be seeing him in New York when we do the little Syria show in July. I'm going to okay. go stop by his, his crib, jack all of his vinyl <laughs> and cassette tapes that he's been hoarding for years on end. Man.
0: Um, okay, cool, man. Let's let's keep the party going. So, Yes, please. What do you have next?
1: Okay. Let me see. I uh, One moment. To pull this up. Um, I have this record that I really love that I'm probably going to release first in July. All of these records, by the way, Mikey, you're getting uh, exclu- exclusive. Exclusive. Listen. Listen I haven't that. released any of these. these are, none of these are released, so you're getting the... Uh, African community benefiting from these you, exclusives. You know, gotta, gotta do it for the family. Yeah. Uh, this song is called... <laughs> okay. I really love when we as... You know, immigrants or children, kids of immigrant, uh, incorporate our native tongue in our music, uh, in a really interesting way. So like for, um, for me and Omar's last album, Omar Effendom's last album, Lost in Translation, that was a kind of a theme where I would go through these old, uh, Syrian comedy films uh by uh the Laham who played yeah of course character if you don't know who I grew up watching my parents grew up watching and uh yeah you know, it was it was a you know part of my childhood coming up but, but uh, the, one of the main songs that stuck to me as a kid that I knew that one day i would one I would absolutely you know sample I didn't know for who, but I knew I was gonna do it, it was. This song, Money, 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 Flu And it's a silly song. You can look it up on YouTube. It's him riding on a donkey with uh, his his friend Yasin playing the, you know, Money, 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 Flusi, waraki Flusi. Flusi. The, the way that he used English and Arabic to me was just like, first of all, it was hilarious. Like, well, it was just so dope. I was like, man, this is, I want to find more of those gems. Uh, and there was a guy named Eddie Kochak that was a, uh, he was born here, he was born in Brooklyn um, and he was a musician in the 40s and 50s through, you know, up until, you know, rest in peace he, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, but he played with Majid Do and he brought Majid Do along and they did like collab albums together uh, and he was a percussionist. Uh and so he was already in the circuit in the fifties. He was playing with a lot of uh other item musicians locally. Uh, and so when my Jiddo and him linked up, they did a few albums together. One of the one of the albums that I found of them together, there was this one little piece that I think Eddie like I think my Jiddo was playing the Arud. And Eddie was doing the vocals. Mm. it was just like a Moan type record. Nothing like crazy. It was just kind of freestyle improv, right? And uh, But one, one of the sounds is of Eddie saying this thing that I thought was incredible. He was like, he was, he's talking to this girl. And he's like, you closed or something like that. You close the shades on me. Like I'm trying to see you in your apartment and just like shutting me out. And he goes, I
2: don't like
1: it, don't like it yet. <laughs> Which I thought was... No in- means no. <laughs> no means no. What he said, I mean, you know, I don't like it, you know. This yeah. is what I just imagined him doing just a little... I don't yeah. like it. Uh, and so that little piece I turned into this um, I mean, let's uh, let's see what we got here for you okay so. sounds uh you know it's it's pitched down so if i yeah. want to bring it back uh, to the original
2: Do you remember ya habibi you remember ya habibi when i went by your house w nazalti far dai bi wichi lak w nazalti far dai bi wichi lak waid el ganat far dai bi
1: why did you nestle in the bay with you man? So I
0: love him. I
2: love you. I did you nestle in the bay with you? I don't like it, ya have you. Oh,
1: oh, oh. So Pitch down. Yeah.
2: I don't like it, ya have you. you know he's just vocal
1: like ah, yeah you know yeah so between that and this <laughs> turned turned
2: into this
0: Man. Killer. Unreleased yeah, I- exclusive. <laughs> Thank you so much, because
1: I don't get to uh, do breakdowns like this for people, so it's really cool to be able to go through these again and kind of relive, make, remaking them.
0: So, and, I want to talk about- the, Yeah, for sure, man. I want to talk about the process a little bit. How long- Sure. From the idea, or from, okay, you're doing the crate digging. You find this this idea, this sure. moment, you find this, that little sample, right? Yeah. I don't like it, yeah, Habibi. You're like, ooh, idea. Yeah. How long yeah. until this, which you just showed me? Like, how many days? How many months? Oh, how many hours? Oh, how many
1: weeks? Man, God, I wish I, could, I had. I, I wish I could count, man. I don't know. It's it, you, you know, you go through revisions. You go through countless versions of them. I mean, at this to get to where it's at right now. I mean, I first made this beat in 2020. 2020 was when I first had this. I mean, granted, I haven't been working on it, you know. Nonstop. All the time since 2020, but uh for it to get to where it's at took definitely a few revisions, um countless mixes, making sure that it sounds good, you know, yeah. different arrangement. You know, songs don't, you know, the bulk of it got done. I'd say this one in particular, I probably knocked this out in like an hour yeah the drum bass, the arrangement of the the sample and all of that stuff um but in terms of like arrangement and mixes all altogether, I think if I just put all the time together, i probably spent maybe like a week on it or so okay. well, of course, over long periods of time uh it's so cool
0: so I, like I wanna play one of your finished tracks, so i'm gonna share my- i'm gonna yeah. share a video, so I'm gonna pull it up this time and this is a track that you um, did with Narsi, friend of the program. Yes, um, yes my so Narsi. Oh, here, we...
1: young yeah, see.
0: Exactly. Um, so, shout out to Narsi. Um, tell us a little bit about what this track was, um, what it is, yeah. so people can look it up, uh, the name, and sure. uh, we'll play it in a second.
1: Go ahead. This one, this one is very special. It's called Meta World Peace. Uh, One of my favorite records because I uh, flipped the sample from the first Palestinian rock band to come out of Palestine. Uh, I think it was in the late sixties and they were called Al-Bara'im, which translates roughly into the Blooms. Um, And they were a, uh, a family band basically. Uh, And, one of my good friends, Samhan Ashrawi, uh, it was his father's band that he had started. No in way. Palestine. So he had all of, yeah. So if he had all of these records, um, that hadn't been released other than just, you, I don't even know if they released it back in Palestine, uh, onto, onto, I don't even know how these recordings, did. I need to ask him actually. I don't know if they were pressed to vinyl or cassette or anything. I believe they might be on like tape when mm-hmm. they were originally recorded. But I don't think they, they pressed them anywhere. And so Sam'an, uh, back in, I think 2020 or 2021, I think it was 2020, started releasing them independently. Uh, and so you can go, you know, to their Spotify and, or Tidal or YouTube or wherever you listen to music and check them out. Um, I remember they first dropped a single called Tariq and, I heard it and I was like, man, this is incredible. I loved this so much that I wanted to chop it. But before I chopped it, I had to ask Saman to get his blessing because I knew that once I chopped this, it's such a sacred record. I can feel it. Yeah. And you know, when uh, it's somebody's family, you, ha- you, know, you have to go about it the right way. And so I asked him and he said, yeah, for sure. I actually chopped it first. I made the whole beat. I made a beat video and I sent it to him and I said, I want to, can I put this on my Instagram? And he said, th- you know, he, he, he thanked me and was like, yo, thank you for letting me know and hitting me up first. He said, of course, let's go. And so I, I did the beat video. I put it up on my Instagram. And then Narcy, you know, in Narcy fashion, hits me up when like, I need this beat. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll send it to you. So I sent it to him. Uh, he ended up recording his his verses, um, calling the song Metal World Peace. And uh, much later on, this is a song that took years to develop uh much later on we we're able to tap in with buka thum yeah uh, amazing artist was an incredible incredible artist producer um you know syrian Sir, cat just based out of the netherlands i think he's in amsterdam now super dope man um got him on the second verse which is really really dope uh and was really able to break down the sample and use different parts of it uh, and create a whole world in this one song um, amazing so, all yeah. right let's listen to it
0: um here we go let's go
2: I wonder what a better world means, when shit just hit the fan like Meta World Peace. I wonder what it feel like, free life, wonder what it's real like, heavy do my feet tight, ready move on a green light, what I choose might be right, so don't talk to me, awkwardly. These Saddam Hussein philosophies, fulfilling a prophecy, Investing in a property you should properly own, this ain't a movie dog, don't bring your pops to me. Tell them beaters to get off of me, go. I am known as a pro smarter, globe charter, even with closed borders. Whoa, When I slay an ad lib, pay the ad risk, player that's it. Nothing greater than risk, can't risk. I've been in this shit 2002, look at all the bullshit I go through. So called beef like on Me, hard enough just to be on beat. Rap pandemonium, I slap the podium, I'm a standalone. You should keep your ass at home and keep your mask on like the Mandalorian. yes one wow, it's been feeling like a me جرون لحد ما جوك زلامبه وما تخوش لا لا خايبك سوزا صندا اللي ده كان الزحف يوم الزحف بس رقمي ما سالت وقيفك وهذه الميت منبر اللي يقبل القوه تسرق كل المداخل كل بندقيه يوم جاي جاي وسع بدك دك دك
0: Wow. Man. Wow. Oh. First of all, what what do you think, Mikey? Um Yeah. I'll tell you what I think. First of all, the Kanye influence is dripping off this song. <laughs> 100% totally. <laughs> A dripping it is amazingly totally.
1: good. Oh man, thank you. But
0: you were for sure tapped in.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, 13, 12, 13 years old.
0: Yeah. Been over 20 years. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, um, yeah. <laughs> been this shit since 92. Look at all the bullshit I've been through. Cute. It's so Cute. funny. Um, Yeah, this is this amazing. Really, 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 really special. Do you like passing on songs to artists and seeing what they do with them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of the time,
1: uh a lot of the time it's not even planned. It's just, you know, I make I make a beat and someone will ask me for it or I'll play it. They'll just take it and make it into something completely you know, something I could never imagine. It's uh when
0: Narcy yeah, when Narcy hits you up, do you send him the stems or what do you do? In the past, uh when we
1: first started working together, yes. He was um getting everything mixed and all of that stuff he is a producer in a, in his own right he yeah. produces all of his records and so uh you know he he pulls together musicians and producers and fully orchestrates his his albums um when we first when we first started together started working together that's how it was uh during the pandemic we we started working more and more together and I started mixing more of the records and now it's more like he sends me all the stems and I mix everything and send it back. And he kind of just pulls together the album with other, other pieces, but I'm doing a majority of the, uh, the mixing, uh, a lot of the production. Uh,
0: yeah, that's where we're at now. So cool, man. All right. I want to yeah. keep on going because I'm just sure. having too much fun. Um, I mean, Another friend of the program, offend uh, him, who's come up a few times, a friend though is um, a a rapper, a musician, and just generally oh. creative. Total sweetheart of a person. Um, Best. How long have you guys known each other? I met him in
1: twenty. 15 or 16, I believe, through Narsi. They were doing an event together in D.C., Uh, and I happened to be there at the time. so, uh, yeah, that's how, that's how we first met. And then after that, it was kind of like a back and forth between us. We didn't get a chance to, to link up fully until, uh, 2018, 2019. He came to me with this idea for a project called Little Syria that we, I don't think
0: so. So it's so funny. Like I feel like somebody listening to this conversation, and and me, might feel like you you are like part of a a scene and a community of these Arab American mm-hmm. hip hop adjacent hip hop creative people yeah. and it, you guys all yeah. hang out in the barbershop together and it's like this total yeah. community, right? You guys are yeah, all yeah. super close and constantly hitting each other up.
1: Yeah. Do you
0: feel yeah. that way or does it actually feel like you're lonely in your studio, in your bedroom, like second bedroom working on your own and not part of a community?
1: It's it's a bit of both. I mean, the re- the reality is just that I'm all alone. Here in L, I moved out to LA when Omar was still living out here and it was great because we were able to link up every week in person and make music. We created an entire album, lost in translation that I mentioned before together. And, uh, it was incredible. Then he moved to New York and now completely all alone with nobody around me. Uh, but no, it does, but at the same time, yes, it, it definitely feels like this, com- like all of my friends are, uh, you know, they're all musicians too. And so, uh, we, we do have this tight knit, uh, it feels like community on the internet, right? Or through yeah. our phone. Everyone's scattered around the world. Uh, but we're, we're still always working, creating. I just got a text message from Narsi, you know, a few minutes ago asking me to do another mix on his record. Shout out to Narsi. I've mixed <laughs> this record 17,000 times, bro. But 70, I, will thousand always, one. Oh, here we, I will do one for. <laughs> And 17,000 more if I have to, to get it right. But yeah, that's, 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 that's how we work, man.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah Cause I, my
1: brothers, you know, I love them.
0: I, I know that, uh, that balance of the connected and lonely, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. It's uh,
1: we're like secluded, but, uh, you know, which really it's, you know, I have this conversation a lot, you know, you move somewhere. You try to build community in person. That, uh, it may it may take a, long, a, a, a while to build, uh, but you know the fact that we have our phones and we can stay connected. I mean, the fact that we're doing this, yeah, given the distance between us, you know, is really beautiful. So, yeah, um, yeah, very cool.
0: All right, let's play. Let's play. Um, this is O oh Marvelous. So yeah. this also on YouTube. So anyone interested in looking it up, um, I'll get started.
2: marvelously eloquent more verses in my throat than fish can float inside of pelicans keep it kosher though the key to my forever relevance timeless as the oceans float crossing the bosphorus feeling prosperous with a goat and tote spit fire skill for real slow roast a kid in Kosovo regular upper that's a tough guy serving wise guys a slice of my humble pie in the form of a pot pie and broken nose have you smiling for the camera with my cane around your neck the pose strictly poetry hold the prose from the Pyrenees to the Poconos more range than the Grand cellar. Teles- Scorpio in Spain, the princes and the papas, newspapers and the popes, should know, I am oh for sure, oh sure. you catch that? I'm hoping so. Remember oh my the God, name. Oh my God, oh my God, watch out here comes the Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, nobody can't have been with my voice. Hey. I find with my lyrics. I'll them with my style. I'll them with my spirit. I'll them with my eloquence. I'll them with my elegance. I'll them with my sentiments. I'll them with my marriage. Yo, I'm not. No wonder of fandom is here. Yo, I'm not. Watch out here, comes the fandom. Yo, I'm not. suppose this wasn't a day for open toes i'm told of the kind of look in my eye that can leave a soul Wish in I could see it for myself. but alas how am i supposed to know you prefer my oats well i ask how oh, am i supposed god. to grow let it go shout outs to joey though more dynamic of a chamois duo nobody is ever really going to know boy no no now we fly in higher places so below zero hashish won't grow so we won't go i leave a stage in better shape than i received it though my oh people my know oh my, oh my god here comes a fandom Oh my God Oh my God Nobody can oh I offend them with my voice hey. Offend them with my lyrics Offend them with my style Offend them with my spirit Offend them with my eloquence Offend them with my elegance Offend them with my sentiments Offend them with my merit Ya yeah. yeah Allah Oh my God Watch out here comes a fandom Ya yeah Allah
0: I love it. Part of the funny thing here is that like, Ahmad is like the least offensive. (laughs) He's like the least offensive person. He's so unbelievably (laughs) likable. He is. um, I love it. If anyone's if anyone's listening to this, thinking to myself, "Oh, this sounds incredibly theatrical," part of the reason why it sounds so theatrical is because it's part of a theater production. Little serious, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, what talk to me about what it was like to actually be part of that and have this sort of theatrical production in mind when you guys are putting together the music? Sure. Yeah, it was um, the idea.
1: When Omar first came to me, I was like, We want to do this project based on, you know, this uh, the first Arab American neighborhood, you know, in America where the first Syrian, Palestinian, Lebanese people were settling on the lower west side of Manhattan, uh, which I was already, you know, deeply uh, into uh, and interested in. Uh, because I had already done a lot of this research when diving into my first instrumental album called On Beats, uh, which was inspired by Khalid Gibran's prophet. Uh, yeah. And so I was already diving into the pen league, um, and diving into, you know, other, uh, authors that were writing around the same time. Uh, and of course, diving into tons and tons of Gibran books. Uh, to create this instrumental album, right? And so he had come to me shortly after that and was like, I have this idea of Little Sirio. And I was like, yeah, totally. Love Little Sirio. Let's do it. Uh, and he pulled our other good brother, Ronnie Ma'ali, uh, Chicago, incredible musician, producer, uh, master, oud player. Uh, and he brought us together to this little residency, this week-long residency at the University of Michigan. And we basically just created... We had this little Airbnb and sat in the back little room and got a couple speakers and brought brought this little guy with me and went through a bunch of old records that were being... that were recorded in these neighborhoods like in little syria at the time so a bunch of music from the 20s it sounded really horrible quality is really really bad but imagine we still have these recordings from the 20s uh maybe from the 30s and 40s that we flipped and we were able to to create a bulk of the little syria show the little syria shows music uh in that short week and then just further develop it as time went on and the more time that we got together, the more time we were able to to spend, you know, piecing it all together. Oh, so um, cool. But it was really special. We were able to go to UM's incredible state of the art, uh you know, so we would make a bunch of the songs and the beats at the Airbnb. And then during the day, go to the studio at UM, which absolutely stunning studio. Yeah. Right? Like every single microphone that you could possibly think of from dating back to God knows what we had a microphone from the 40s just in the room, just capturing the room's energy. Uh, and so that was, that was a really, really cool, beautiful experience.
0: Man. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. But where, yeah. where the show was and where it is now is a completely different, uh, completely different experience. We just sold out two shows in Chicago last month. Uh, and we've got four more in New York City at Joe's Pub. Yeah, shout out Ju- to Joe's pub.
0: Ju- yeah, man, July 15th and 16th, pull up. That's amazing. Um, okay. We I want to play one more song from my side. Um, sure. Yeah. Speaking of Gibran and uh oh. So let's so this song's called Ancestors. Um, yeah. it's also up on your YouTube. I want to play a little bit yeah. and then you can tell us a little bit about it. Perfect. Here we go. Mm. that is crazy he's
1: not religion all deeds and all reflection yeah
0: man that the tempo changes the vibe changes man that's amazing
1: oh thank you thank you yeah that's a uh, that's a special one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, you're Daoud,
0: Daoud. you're vibing out to it.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard. Man, I haven't listened to it in so long. It's been. It's like a gentle reminder. Don't forget where you came from. It's yeah. really beautiful. Thank you for for pulling that one. I, I well, yeah, thank you.
0: So, I was listening to it, and I was wondering, like, do you feel? Do you feel connected to um, a bunch of artists in the region right now who are working in the region right now? Do you feel like you're, you are sort of tapped into um, artists who, who would have the similar sort of sonic style as you, or do you really feel like it, there's like an ocean between you guys and you feel that ocean? I
1: feel like, uh, well, I love what's going on in the region, and I feel like there's a um, there's a shift happening. Right, sorry, it might be a little loud. I, I I really like what's going on in the region. I I see a shift happening, and I see that there's like a pivot in sound, especially, uh, and. I love what a lot of artists are doing, but I feel that I'm, because I'm not there in person, there's this, like, how the hell do we work together, right? Mm. Um, how, how can we make something together? You know, because there's always, there's, there's, it's one thing to, like, send beats, right? I've got thousands of beats I can send out, but when you're in the, the room together and you're producing for somebody, and with somebody from scratch, it's a completely different energy and it's a completely different vibe. And, you know, I really believe, this song is called Ancestors, right? So I really believe, like, when we create music, we have our ancestors with us, literally, like, in the room, you know, helping pull that music from, you know, from within, from generation. Like, this stuff is just coming. Uh, it, it's not, It's it really a spiritual act to create music right and not just to create but to play music too you know and uh, when you do it amongst other people you know it's like all of our ancestors are there in that room so there's something spiritual to that man and and the way that we create these days where it's like oh just send me some beats and you know just go through here's an email of like 20 beats and just listen to them and it, it loses that like it loses that connection and so, that's where I have trouble, like connecting with people, with anybody, really. It doesn't matter if they're over there or over here, too. Uh, it's just in in doing it in person is is way more special, and I think, uh, way more productive. Uh, but you know, then there's people that that feel what I do so deep that hit me up and are they're, they're just like, yo, send me anything. And yeah. are able to create incredible pieces out of it without us being there together. Um, yeah. Well, I hope, you know, I so,
0: really hope you start um, collaborating with more artists from the region as well, just because I, I'm such a fan of <laughs> your work. I just want to hear more of it.
1: Me too. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, I I have a lot of work with a lot of people from the, that as a, isn't released yet or you know yeah. it will be released soon but uh, okay inshallah yeah, I want to come out inshallah I want to come out and do like a residency out in Beirut or something for like a month man and just link a up thousand with percent out that would be incredible that you can really do a residency
0: do and <laughs> I was y- hey, waiting for you
1: <laughs> don't don't let me look in the flights man
0: don't don't even think twice <laughs> yeah don't I would, think that twice. would really
1: I would really love to, man. Last time I was in beta, it was so, so special. It was my first time and last time. and it was, uh, it was
0: amazing. All right. Well, that offer is for sure on the table anytime you want. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Full disclosure to the audience. I felt like I needed to ask permission from you to talk about <laughs> this next song. Okay? Oh, yeah. This next song it. was... An mp3 that got passed around like wildfire around like 2001. Is that right? No, this
1: was, um, it was 05. 05 was
0: when we made it. Okay. So (laughs) I'm going to play this song and there are going to be, in particular, boys of a certain age, men of a certain age that remember this song. And have no idea that you, your teenage self was behind it. All right. So I'm not even going to say what the song is. I'm just going to play it. And then we're going to talk about it. Oh, my God. Let's go. Thanks. Thanks.
2: انا بحب اللحم كبير whether it's there or here for the لحمة I drive an hour because لحمة gives me power chilling eating shish kebab I even eat it at my job people say you want some lunch only for it's me you put the chicken in my mouth put it always in the south you don't know what you're doing I love the chicken oh, aywa aywa, aywa. Oh, hey, yeah, aywa. hey baby, yola, ta'ala. Like you're not rocking. Taraf, my mean, Mustafa Shabazz Shukri. When I have no lehme, I feel like I'm gonna die. If you I give me lehme, I feel like I can fly. Uh, lehme is like the can best can. creation uh, in the universe. If lehme not existing, I would just curse. <laughs> I will just curse. Lehme <laughs> <laughs> has the greatest smell. <laughs> Now at your
0: front door.
2: Okay.
0: This is the re released oh. version. Mixed, oh, Remixed and mastered. Because. Yeah. This, is the, this, is the halal, this is the halal version. This is the, the halal kids. version. All the curses are re- yeah. replaced by animal sounds. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. I had to do it for the kids. You know, I got somebody, a good friend of mine hit me up uh, and was like, yo. You got to, you got to, you know, our, the kids love it, but you got to, you got to
0: do something about that. And so. So you got to tell me the story of wh- how you made this, when you made this and what it felt like for it to go viral. Okay. Absolutely. These are all great questions. First of all,
1: shout out to my brother, Faras Shruru. And his brother, his actual brother, thought it shuru. Uh to my best friends growing up in Orlando, Florida. Palestinian cats, uh, that live not too far down the, down the road from me. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious dudes. Uh, Faraz hit me up one day. Faraz, by the way, is an incredible DJ at the time. That's why we linked up through mutual friends, but he was an incredible DJ that was like, uh, you know, this was pre Serato. So he was, he was digging in the crates, you know, doing mashups on actual vinyl. So he would do like, you know, really. take a beat and vocals from vinyl and mashing together. It's really, really dope. I, I recorded his first mashup album. Uh, and we were just rolling together all the time. And so he hit me up one day and was like, Joe, listen, I got a song. I have an idea for a song about Lahme. I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 17 at the time in high school. I have I'm an writing... idea
0: about Lahme. <laughs> a song about Lahme.
1: I'm like all right, <laughs> pull up. So he comes over with Thought it and he had the he had the like bones of the beat already uh at his cr- like I had downloaded fruity loops for him at his computer at his crate. and his crib. He comes over and he just like remembers the pattern, he plugs it in really quickly. And I look at him, I'm like thinking in my head, "Why are we doing this?" When I hear the beat, I'm like, "What is happening?" And so they start writing the song and I still have the book somewhere with the actual lyrics of the Nahme <laughs> song.
0: Feel like somewhere. I'm going to die. Literally
1: like written out. And, um, <laughs> they start writing this. And so I start working on the beat as they're writing and just kind of like, I add the little flute. I add some more drums. I arrange it. i I'm, you know, produce the song. Right. And then I record them. And I'm dying at this point. I'm just dying of laughter. It was the this was in my bed. This was in my bedroom at my parents' house. Uh, was cracking up the entire time? Second verse comes on, thought it guts on there and does the second verse. And I'm just literally the cursor. And I was like looking back at he's was like right here, just cursing. I'm just like trying so hard not to laugh. Uh, and we knew we had something hilarious. And so. We put it up on my MySpace and his MySpace, and this was before MySpace had a my, uh, music player, and so you had to you had to like do some code. This was when MySpace was teaching our generation coding, where you literally yeah. had to go in and put the code into your edit page so that when you go to my MySpace page, the song would automatically play without you having to do anything. And every time you would refresh, the song would just restart. Yeah. From there, I don't know how, but it went from my MySpace page and or Veranza's MySpace page to the world. Next thing you know, these two guys put up a music video. They're two guys from UCLA at the time, put up a music video to the song and somebody sent it to us and we were like, what the heck just happened? This is two thousand five, maybe two thousand six, and at the time there was no streaming, there was no, there was nothing. We just got at, we we were still in Kazaa era. We were still in LimeWire era. This, was yeah, like this a, is like LimeWire, the wild wild. This was like the wild wild west of you know the music industry. The music industry didn't even know what the hell was going on. Uh, and some kids that are eighteen, you know, for us maybe it was like twenty twenty one at the time. 17, 18 years old, you know, we didn't have resources to do anything. So we hit them up on YouTube and they we were just like, yo, give us our credit. So they gave them, they gave us our credit. They didn't even give me my credit. They just said the, they gave the brothers the credit, uh, which was great and all fine. Uh, and then from there, that's it. It, it. it just kind of, the song got tainted for us because we knew how massive it got and we just couldn't get a grip on it uh, until 2020. That's crazy. When at, at 2020 changed everything because I searched it on Spotify and I saw that somebody had uploaded it to Spotify. And that's what I was like.
0: This is not going to oh, work. Oh, hell no.
1: This ain't going to work. No, 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 no. Not at this point. My wife was an entertainment attorney. I'm way too deep into this music thing to let something like this slide. And so I took everything down. I took all the YouTube videos down and everything. And we just re, uh, you know, just were able to, to, to re-release it and, you know, put it out. So now if you search, thanks, Joey, on Spotify or uh the Lahme brothers, you're going to run into the released version, the official release version of the Lahme song.
0: Oh, it's so funny. I was just, I'm yeah. sure that on my old laptop, I'm a 100% sure I have that MP3 on my old laptop. Oh,
1: that's hilarious. That's great. That's amazing. I'd have to, I'd have to like... uh I'd have to play some of the remixes I have to it. Really? Do you have some I right now? Released. I've got, I've got some remixes. All right, I've let's got hear some remixes. Let's hear them. Oh man! Okay, here, what do we got?
2: Thanks, thanks, thanks.
1: We gotta get this to the clubs, man. Imagine just yeah. dropping this. I have
2: Now, I exclusive for the lahmek. Because power. i I even hate it at my job. People
0: say, and so on and so forth. Man, that's hilarious. I could so imagine you opening um, festivals with that.
1: <laughs> one day, one
0: day. Man, that's fantastic. All right, I'm going to wrap up with a quick Q and A. There's two quick Q and A that I want to ask sure. you. Cool. The first one is, um, or I'll ask you. I'll i ask you three of them. First one is, what are you? What have you been listening to these days?
1: <clears throat> Tyler the Creator. <clears throat> My son is two years old and he's the biggest Tyler the Creator fan. Amazing. since his, since his birth. He's got, uh, we're at his turning two next month and his next birthday party is Igor themed. If you're familiar with the Igor of album, course. Tyler, Tyler wears a blonde wig. And so we ordered a bunch of blonde wigs and glasses for everybody. And we're all going to be Igor for his birthday. That's it's really strange, but that's, that's what we've been listening to at the house.
0: Yeah, Yeah. uh, Tyler is amazing. Um, Second question is, who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? Wow. Uh, I would love to
1: shadow Jay-Z, man. What era Jay-Z? That's a great question. I would probably want to shadow him uh, like pre-black album. I would uh, yeah when he's doing the blueprint that's when I would want to shout on cuz he's mm-hmm. wor- he's in the studio working with Kanye early Kanye West, Judge blaze and you know I would want to be around him and those cats and really see some of those incredible songs that yeah. shaped my
0: life come into fruition Did you watch did you watch um Genius Oh no I haven't Oh man I haven't
1: you got to watch? It yet. I know I know Oh I know. man
0: I'm that's the closest you're gonna come to shadowing him.
1: I know, I know, I know. I I I started watching it, I just haven't gotten to the point of like fully committing yeah. and watching it. I wanna just I wanna I'm gonna meet Ye one day. Yeah. Just being just being in LA because he's like constantly just walking around LA. And so I know one day I'm just gonna bump into uh, You shouldn't you um, really
0: would love just as like a piece of art and filmmaking, it's an incredible yeah. document. It's really, really yeah. interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, I, thank you for the reminder. You're not yeah. the only person that's told me I need to watch it. I need to actually do it. All
0: right, last question is, who, what artist from the past would be your dream collaborator? Dude, man. A dream
1: collaborator. Jeez. I would love to do a record with, oh uh, man, there's too many. I can't even pick. I, I I always default to Jay-Z, but as a musician, probably maybe either Don Jobin, Antonio Carlos Jobin.
0: Yeah.
1: Or Abdul Hadim Hafez. Nice. That, that, those are my, either one of those would be incredible. Those
0: are your OGs. That, that's the OGs. Yeah. All right. Uh, if anyone listening wants to connect with Thanks Joey, it's Thanks Joey on everything. And that's T-H-A-N-K-S-J-O-E-Y. Um, yes. Man, thank you so much for doing this. I am, as thank you, you know, a huge fan of you and your work. And Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having talking me. It
1: was so much fun. So much fun connecting with you, talking to you, and being able to like break down these records and talk about all of this stuff to awesome. be continued either in New York it. or in Beirut absolutely Yellow, let's go absolutely yo come out July little serious show
0: yeah gotta it's Pull gotta up. happen
1: 15th and 16th would love to see you there alright man
0: and thank if not you then have... I'll
1: catch you in Beirut
0: for sure thank you everyone listening um, and uh, talk to you guys soon hey I hope you enjoyed that episode if you'd like to watch the full uncut version go to youtube.com slash There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikida.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikita.comslash support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.